If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to the channel. This episode is sponsored by Upside. So the Lithuanian government is actually reportedly planning to request that all allied nations, including the United States, Britain, France, and Turkey, launch a naval operation to retake the Ukrainian coastal ports in the Black Sea, which will allow for international food export to continue unimpeded. So I've read a few different reports that actually indicate if we do not get these reports Back open, there's a chance that millions of people could possibly die due to food shortage. But on the other hand, if if we were to, for some strange reason, which I don't think this is going to happen, we do end up actually clearing this and NATO ships do go in, what are the chances we end up in an all-out war because, well, I don't know, might, might be a little bit of close hostilities there between NATO and Russia. And if you guys were ever wondering what it's like to drive into the eastern side of Ukraine right now, well, I have some video I would like to share with you. So here, enjoy this. For anyone that is wondering, a mortar round that sounds, well, this is pretty much what it sounds like when it's being dropped in and around your location. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys right now, these aren't very large rounds, and honestly, they're mainly meant for infantry troops, not vehicles, but it is kind of strains that are being sent in the direction of civilian cars. And if you guys notice on the front of that video, it actually said press really big. Um, there's nothing there that really screamed military target to me, but I did notice they turned that entire road into a serpentine, which I'm, I'm sure you guys saw. But if you're ever wondering what it sounds like for a smaller artillery round to fall on top of your head, that is it. South Korea is actually forced to scramble jets after Chinese and Russian warplanes enter its defense zone. So four Russian planes along with four Chinese warplanes entered the, uh, entered the air defense zone. Wow, that was a mouthful. They did this today. But both entered and left uh, the Korean air defense identification zone in the Sea of Japan multiple times today with fighter jets and bombers from each side. Moscow and Beijing do not recognize this area, and they say that all countries should enjoy the freedom of movement there. Well, I would assume that some of the Ukrainians are possibly thinking the same thing about their country. All right, so according to a recent poll that came out, 82% of Ukrainians believe that Ukraine shouldn't give up any territory for peace. This really actually shouldn't shock anyone, but a poll was done by Kiev International Sociology uh, Institute. They're claiming that only 10% of Ukrainians believe that Ukraine could give up some of its territories to achieve peace and preserve its independence. I'm myself, I'm with the other 90% that think that, well, if that was the case, wouldn't they have stopped maybe eight years ago when they took Crimea? That's just me, though. They are false claiming that Ukrainians are just Russians who need to be reminded that Ukraine language is just made up. I'm going to give you guys just a tad bit of a history lesson. All right. So the Ukrainian dictionary was actually written in 1855. And guess who endorsed it being real? The Russian Academy of Sciences. Mind blown. All right. Thanks for coming back over here. I'm going to tell you guys right now. Hungary. Yes, Hungary, not Hungary. 
has actually declared a wartime state of emergency, which will take effect tonight at midnight. Prime Minister Orban stated that the government will declare a state of emergency due to the war and the sanctions causing a huge economic upheaval and drastic inflation. He insisted that Hungary would be staying out of the war, which is not really that big of a shocker, and they would need room to maneuver and the freedom to act. Hungary has opposed sanctions against Russia over the war and has said that the sanctions actually penalize Europe more than actually debilitate Putin. So he has actually refused to sign off on EU plans for an embargo on importing Russian oil, saying that Hungary's economic uh, dependence actually, well, is being supplied directly from Moscow. The next thing you guys are about to see is very strange and somewhat confusing because it's actually confirmed. If it wasn't confirmed, I would think it wasn't real. So this general, this gentleman you guys are seeing right here inside this photo, Major General Kanamat Batshev, probably jacked that name up, but this gentleman right here was apparently shot down by a Stinger man pad while flying an Su-25 near Papazna on Sunday. Yeah, that doesn't sound too crazy, even though this is the highest ranking general to have been KIA inside of this Ukraine war. Now, it took me a bit to figure out why a retired general, yes, I said that right, a retired general was flying in the first place, but he was apparently flying for the Rat Wagner Group. He was formerly a regimental commander, but was forced to retire after he decided to take an Su-27 fighter for a joyride and crashed it while performing aerobatics. I don't know if this guy was trying to try out for Top Gun or not, but apparently this was what he was trying to do. This wouldn't seem very believable, right? I mean, like, who's going to believe this? But because we know that Wagner Group is actually working inside of the Papazna area, it would actually make some sense for them to need some sort of air support. Anyways, very strange, but also very significant. Like, very significant. This was also probably one of the most angry I have ever seen a Russian state TV gentleman get, but apparently calling them fascists would get them pretty heated. I just want to throw this one out there. They're claiming that Trump is more of a fascist than Putin, which we all know isn't very true. It's just not. Now, the reason why I say this is a lot of people want to use the word fascist, but let me go ahead and and read the definition of fascism or fascist, I guess you say, for anyone who does not know. A way of organizing a society in which a government ruled by a dictator controls the lives of the people in which they are not allowed to disagree with the government. That 100% is Russia. So I'm fairly certain this makes them angry because they know deep down inside this is true. Here in America, we don't have any issues when it comes to uh, talking about the government. Like Many, many, many people do disagree with the government and they never disappear. But we know in Russia, you may have the chance of taking your last flight off of a roof out of Moscow. So there is that. Let's go ahead and move over to the mapping. We know if you guys are uh, new, red is going to be Russia, blue is going to be Ukraine. We have some new maps I'm super excited to share with you guys. There is a lot going on on the eastern portion of Ukraine when it comes to troop movement. So I myself have actually, well, I created this map. It took me, I don't know, a few minutes to actually get the names translated over because they were inside of a, a smash keyboard state is the way I like to put it. We have put it into somewhat of an English, which I will get to here in a second. So Papazna, Zolti, Hirsky, Severnodesk, Rubazon. You guys can see them all right here. Now I want you guys to note, red is going to be the highest elevation in the area. Uh, purple is going to be the lowlands. Did you have to tell this? Well, well I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be a river that, that flows just like this. I do a lot of fishing. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys right now. Outside of the military, fishing has actually helped me read maps pretty significantly. You can tell these are all going to be drains running through here. So basically, you're going to have creeks running off these hills. Okay, it's the best way for me to put it for you guys. All those little lines coming off that main drain are going to be creeks. Okay, we call them draws, essentially. These are all draws coming off of here. Now, inside of these draws, you're mostly going to have towns and villages because it's the easiest way to, to build. Okay, and they need water. It's the best way to put it. High ground is going to be your most... Uh, important area. So Papazna is actually in the highest ground. So 
as we move on to these maps, I want you guys to notice this area right through here and why the Russians have been moving fairly quickly through these areas. It's because they're actually moving off the high ground onto low ground. Okay. So as they're moving through, they're actually taking high ground and getting the advantage on the Ukrainians as they're moving through. So just keep note of that. And I think this, this map is going to help a lot of people who don't really understand how to read a map um, when it comes to the topographical state of, of well, of this map is pretty much it. And on here, we can actually see some of the, the, the roads leading in and out of here. If you guys look right here, you guys can see some of the roads. They do lead all the way through all these. And most of the time, you're going to have your roads inside the lowlands because, for one, they're easier to build on, once again, and they're mainly going to be a lot flatter. So real quick, before we move over to the eastern portion, that's pretty much where everything's been going on. Up near Kharkiv, there hasn't been a lot of movement. Now, the fog of war is a real thing. Now, a lot of us, we don't really realize that, but I do this every single day, and I see so many different reports on a daily basis. So yesterday, we said the Zarachi and Lipma over here, these areas were taken, were retaken by the, the Russians. I saw a report today that said that the, the Ukrainians still held this area. So I have absolutely no idea as of right now which it is. I don't think they do because... Most of the people that I'm getting a lot of the info from are stating that they are now back into Starry Celtiv and they actually utilize that time to actually re-push the men back through uh, Rubizon and Ternova. I will say there was an attempt to take Ternova again today by the Russian military. And I will say that there was an element just inside of Russia that did push down into Ternova to try to take it over. So I do know that is something uh, to keep note of. They're actually coming in from Russia into Ternova, not just inside of Ukraine on the western side of Ovchance like we thought moving in this way. They're actually been coming in from Russia, moving down. So that being said, we're going to move over to the eastern side of the country because that's pretty much where a lot of the stuff's been happening. All right, it's going to be this general area. So Russian troops have actually reached the road leading north out of Solodar. So here you go. They have actually reached, they're roughly, they're two kilometers north, so they're roughly about right here. They have reached this road. Now, the Russian element is roughly two kilometers north of the town itself of Solodar, and it has been said that Ukrainian forces are struggling to contain the advance. So I showed you guys just a second ago, this, I think it's called a flood map, by the way. Anyway, it doesn't really matter, of this area. Now, leading north out of what Bakhmat you guys see right here, this is all going to be the lowlands. So as they're moving through out of Popozna, which was the highest ground, they're moving this way, okay? I'm going to move back over to this map so you guys can tell, or you guys can see. As they move this way, guess what they're doing? They're moving into the low ground. So now they're maintaining the high ground and controlling the areas. So it's going to be very difficult for the Ukrainians to actually stop them as they push through. But from what I've gathered inside the city of Bakhmut, it is the logistical hub for all of the Donetsk and Luhansk front lines. And if taken, it will actually be extremely hard to take back. So if you guys can look down over here, here's Bakhmut. Please let me know in the comments if I am going a little bit too fast for you guys. So essentially, Bakhmut is inside. So here's Bakhmut right here. I know we got to go back and forth. Just want you guys to have a, a clear understanding of what I am looking at. It is in the lowest area. It is in the main drain of this area, okay? As the Russian military does move through, I'm going to assume they're going to maintain a front line that's going to look roughly like this because that's going to keep them on the high ground. As they maintain the high ground, it's going to be significantly difficult for the Ukrainians to actually take any of this high ground back, okay? Now, here is video proof of the Russian military actually taking the Ukrainian flag off the top of the building in Slovnidarsk.
So Slovodarsky is one of the areas which is just south of Bakhmut, as you guys can see right here. So this area has been taken from the Ukrainians over the last 12 hours or so. And it has been noted that the Ukrainian element has actually pushed back north towards Bakhmut, as you can see right here. Now, this black X, you guys can see, that is the bridge in between those two towns has been blown. So the Russians are going to have to find a different route around if they want to continue, which they're going to towards Bakhmut. Okay. Now, I can clearly tell you guys right now the main effort is coming out of Popozna, though. So the main area is coming out of Pokaz because I keep seeing videos over and over and over again of new reinforcements coming into this area daily like this. So we're going to go back to this, this main road we spoke about here a minute ago. So I, want, I really want you guys to understand this thing is really important to the Ukrainian military and they really cannot lose it because it is one of the main art, arteries that is feeding the severe Nidesk area, the city itself. Uh, that gives them the supplies to actually stay in a fight. Now, Ukrainian forces were able to take back the town of Trotsky, but it's currently contested once again with heavy fighting in its taking place. So we're going to go ahead and, and I'm going to do a little bit of run through of the, the mapping, uh, 3D map of the area. Okay, so I'm going to take you guys along the way. So here's back map. We're going to move all the way, all the way north to Zversky. We're going to go down. So this is the little valley that the main road is on. As you guys can tell, off to the left and to the right of here is hills. As you can tell, look at that. High ground on either side. Now, on the on the western side of this main road, I could tell you guys right now, they'll probably maintain that if they possibly can because as this road goes through, as you can see, it's just in between the hills. Most of the fighting is actually taking place right now. Their Solidor is taking place over here to the right, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Now, the fog of war is, is a real thing because here I cannot definitively tell you guys exactly what is held by whom because it's literally switched hands so many times in the last 12 hours alone. But I can say where the heavy fighting is taking place. It's from the town of Vasilovica, uh, southwest to the southwest side of Zelote. It is currently under uh, pretty heavy fighting, as you guys can see from here on the map. I have put it. So literally from here, Vasilovica, which is on the edge of that main route we just watched, all the way to the outer edges of Zelote. So we'll actually move over to the 3D map real quick, and we'll go to Zelote so you guys have an understanding of what it looks like. So the little town of Zelote, as you guys can see right here, is heavily contested. And if we actually move west through the little valley, you can see right here, I mean, we're just going to hit little tiny towns. This does remind me of Afghanistan quite a bit. All these little towns all the way through here. So as we move more west on this map, it kind of looks more like just straight-up farmland. But here's Lipov. This is another area that's being contested. Victorica is actually contested. All this area, all this land you guys are currently seeing me go through. And here is Vasilvika. Here's the last piece. All hilly. All, all hilly. All just a ton of hills and valleys. Look at this as we move our way through here. And we're getting up on the main route, as you guys can see. This is the main route with this, uh, this town of Ro Rosenvika. Rosenvika, this little valley that's right here, if we move north, is going to get us into Sever uh, Seversky. So this is going to be the main route coming out of Bakhmut. Wow, that was a mouthful. Hopefully I didn't lose some of you guys there. And, and, and you guys can have an understanding. Right now, all they're currently fighting is a bunch of hills and valleys over there in Ukraine. This is also the heaviest fighting I've actually seen in the last few weeks. And it's very, very, very clear that this is a new spearheading element of the Russian military. And it's making its way through the eastern side of Ukraine. If you guys are on the Ukrainian side of this war, it is very, very concerning. Because it seems they actually may have learned from their mistakes in the earlier part of this war. And have been fairly successful now with this new push. So area concern over the next 24 to 48 hours if you're on the Ukrainian side is going to be roughly right here. We're going to see a lot of changes over the next 24 hours. With that being said, we're actually going to move south. There's some stuff that's been going on on the southern side, which is kind of the first time we've seen. So this is the first time I've seen any indication in well over a month that Russia is amassing any type of men for another attempt to push north. 
there's currently three BTGs worth of men that have just moved into Vassal Lavica, uh, and, and they've actually got one unit of EDP that's that's there as well, which is right here. I don't know if they're trying to move towards Zaprosia. This is the first time we've actually seen this, like I said, in over a month. But we do know that the Ukrainian military has amassed a lot of men near Mykolaiv, which I still have them annotated on the map. There's roughly 250 tanks that were given to them by Poland and Krivira alone, which is just north right there. They have been noted to be entrenching all along this line and Kyrgyzstan. So they're in it for the long haul. That is the Russians. Hope you guys enjoyed this video over here on this channel. Do yourself a favor and subscribe. If not, I do love you guys. Thanks for the sponsor of this video. I am out. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.